just feeling it, okay? I'm on the rainbows, the cotton candy, the unicorn, it's all here. I'm ready, I'm ready to have a baby, or three. How, how many do you want? Oh, look at that, did I ask you that? I do like kids, and I'm, Me too. I would be happy with one. Yeah, I would like to be married first, though. We, have we don't have to be married, because I'm not even having sex right now. Like, Ever I'm, in life? I mean, yeah, once I get married, married and we... Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of God Built This Podcast. I'm your host Maxine, we're on episode 124. That was a clip from Ready to Love, a dating black love reality show on the OWN network. Check it out if you haven't yet. Very great content. What I want to get into is uh, the manipulation when it comes to celibacy. <laughs> <laughs> no so the reason why i say manipulation okay let's get some backstory here because on this season of ready to love there was there's another character another contestant on the show her name is liz and it was revealed from the gate she she made it very clear hey yes i'm, I'm in my 40s i think she's in her early 40s maybe late 30s or you know whatever age she is but she made it very clear that I am at a space in my life right now where I do not want to fuck. I don't want to have sex. I don't want to have sex with you, you, you. I don't care how well you sue me. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't care how much you may try to convince me. I am not interested in a sexual relationship. I'm not interested in sex being a part of our relationship prior to marriage. And she made that very clear from the gate. Now... The thing with that is sometimes it was typically when you are telling that to the person who may not be on the same page or may not be really that interested in you and they see that, oh, okay, I can't get sex from you, then they are going to go to the left, right? They're going to leave. They're going to find a way out. They're not going to stay with you. They're going to find it a turnoff. They may not be interested anymore. And that's fine. Because oftentimes when that is said, because I've, I've been there, child, I've been there. I've been there, okay? I feel like I've lived several different lives and I'm only 30. And what I mean by that is like there's so many different versions of me that I've been through or that I've evolved from that I can't see myself remembering it in like my present day. Like, yes, of course I have memories, but I feel like it, it was it was so long ago to the point where it feels like a whole other life. Does that make sense, anybody? And I'm only 30 and I'm saying this, but I feel like just the different experiences that I've had, the different mindsets that I've had, yeah, the different mindsets that I've had, the different uh, just patterns of behavior that I would demonstrate, I feel like I lived a whole different life in a whole different lifetime, but obviously I didn't. It's all in one life. Where was it? <laughs> no, but I, I'm saying that because there was a point in my life, a, a point in my life where I was, a point in my life when I was this super purity-focused, uh, celibate, abstinent, whichever is the correct term for it, but I was that girl. I was a Liz when I was in my teenage years and in my early years in, in undergrad until I got my cherry popped in my junior year of undergrad. 
which I don't appreciate. <laughs> I do not hold that memory with sacred feelings. I wish it never happened, but it did, and it is what it is. But the point is, there was a point in my time in my life when I felt like this was just it. This was my reality. This is it. I'm going to hold on to this belief. I'm going to hold on to this standpoint. I'm going to wait until marriage because what what convinced me the most about it was this was just this um what was it? It was like this I know I sound kind of jaded if you're still a Christian or whatever and you're looking at you're listening to me and you might think that I may sound, I don't know, maybe I sound jaded, but I feel like it's all a lie. <laughs> it's all a lie. They paint this lie like, oh, if you're pure, if you are abstaining from sexual activity and you are not even kissing, you know, you're not masturbating, God forbid you you feel any type of horniness. Um, if you're not at all feeling lustful, then you are and will be deserving and will be granted your husband and you'll have this beautiful life and this beautiful marriage and this beautiful journey. And I was bamboozled, okay? I believe that wholeheartedly. I was convinced. I It was a prize to me. You know, I talk about this a lot, how marriage was seen as an idol throughout my childhood and for not just for me but for many of my peers many of my cousins we all were convinced that this was going to be a prize given to us by God because we maintained or tried or just lived a life of purity. Now, I'm not saying everyone that I know during this time in my life was on board with this purity lifestyle. I just know that there was this shared uh, belief that God will bless me with this prize uh, and the prize being marriage and the prize being X, Y, and Z and your identity being so tied into whether or not you are granted a husband and whether or not you are granted this love story. And I was so convinced. I was bamboozled. I believed that wholeheartedly. And I felt like, okay, well, in order for me to gain this prize, right, in order for me to win this prize, this, this magical treat, I will have to abstain. I will have to do my best to, to deny these lustful feelings that I will feel whenever I'm around this person or that person, you know, and I will have to to just not have sex not have, just don't have sex god will be pleased if i just don't have sex and i was just lying to myself i was being lied to and i was lying to myself i was lying to myself about my actual feelings i was lying to myself about what i actually wanted or needed in the moment instead i was trying to make it seem like i was fulfilled with this with this lie it is not this is so funny now because I think about, like, I was so deep into it, y'all. There was this uh, purity workshop that was had at my church, and I was a part of that workshop. I attended the sessions, and then at the end of the workshop, and of course, only women, only young girls were in that workshop. There was no niggas in that workshop, and if there were... There were any in the workshop. You know what I'm talking about. Like, there were, let me just make that very clear, okay? But I, there was only girls in that workshop that I, yeah, there was only girls and there was only a few of us. And it was just preached down to us that God hates uh, sexual sin. 
you know, sexual sin is is a is a just a lash. You know, just it hurts us more, right? Because the physical and the the increased chances of gaining any sexual uh, diseases, all these things, just like just fear mongering, basically this fear mongering. Like if you have sex, you're going to die. <laughs> You know, if you have sex, you're going to get this this uh, this terminal illness and you're going to die. And I have always felt that way since having sex. Even sometimes now I deal with this um, hypochondriac type of ideology, just hypochondriac mindset when it comes to sex. Like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I'm peeing too much. Does that mean because I had too much sex? you know, last month or last week or, you know, whatever it is that this is God's way of punishing me, you know? So I would feel this, this, uh, just this intensity around sex because of how I was introduced to it and how fearful it was to have sex before marriage. And this is just a way that a lot of people will, will teach the youth to be afraid of sex and eventually when you do get out of that, if you do, because not everyone does, but if you do get out of that mindset, it still haunts you. I remember being in my first adult relationship. This is with Leprechaun Bay. I noticed I, I um, interchanged his name with Short Bay and Leprechaun. That's the same nigga, in case y'all ever wondered. That's Which is why I call him Leprechaun, you know, because he's short, right? So Leprechaun Bay, uh, he was my first adult relationship. My first adult relationship and this relationship happened post undergrad. So after I graduated undergrad with my bachelor's in English literature, I met this nigga. I met this nigga across the field as he was picking up clothes. I'm gonna... <laughs> that is so mean. I'm so I'm kidding. It's a joke. It's a joke. Come on. It's a joke. It's a joke. So, you know, I'm <laughs> I'm jumping through the fields and I come across this leprechaun. <laughs> okay, anyway, so what happened? Anyway, blah, blah, blah. okay, so we get into a relationship, me and Leprechaun Bay, and I remember sharing with him. I was saying how, like, yeah, you know, sometimes I, not, not even, I don't think I said sometimes. I said, actually, I, most of the time, I feel uncomfortable having sex because I feel like I am shaming God and God doesn't love me and I feel like this is just you know God's God's gonna hate me for this and I'm not being a good person not being a good girl not being a good Christian and I was just sharing all of this with him I don't know what started the conversation and uh I remember he responded he was sh kind of shocked because I think ultimately well let me not paint all guys because I think with him though he was not as uh he was a smart man, don't get me wrong, but there were some things that he just didn't understand. Like when I would talk on this like God level, you know, when I would talk about religion, when I would talk about faith and just my experiences with the church and all this stuff, he didn't have that same experience. So he was ignorant to it. And that that's not even to like shoot him down. You know, some people would be like, oh damn, you just fucking ignorant. People use ignorant wrong. Like if I just don't know something, yeah, I'm ignorant to it, but like people say it with such a negative connotation that ignorance sounds such much, it sounds like a negative connotative type of word when 
it could just literally mean what it is. You're just ignorant to this topic, right? So that's what Leprechaun was. Leprechaun Bay. <laughs> Leprechaun was. Uh, that's what Leprechaun Bay was. He was very ignorant to just the idea of purity culture and um, waiting to marriage and sexual sin and what it says, you know, what the Bible says about it and all that stuff and how much that is ingrained into many young girls in the church. And. Uh, I remember he responded to that. He was like, uh, what he say? He was saying how he was kind of shocked. He didn't really know what to say. And he was, actually, he didn't really respond much. He just listened. His face was kind of shocked. And he wasn't trying to necessarily reassure me that God does love me still or anything. He just didn't know what to say to that. I think he was kind of turned off by it, to be honest. I felt like he probably didn't come across a woman like me who had this experience or at least shared it with him and didn't know what to say to it and maybe felt like that's like a me problem which yes it is a me problem like i have to i had to at that time just work on that but he didn't provide a space where i could work on that with him where i could bring him along this journey but anyway i remember sharing that with him and i felt like I felt crazy saying it out loud, you know, like, oh, I feel crazy saying this out loud, especially to someone who who's ignorant to this, who doesn't know anything about what I'm talking about. And I sound weird, right? I sound crazy because as much as I am very self-reflective, I could also come out of my own self and see things from someone else's point of view. And I could and I, in that moment, I jumped out of my own identity in my own perspective and looked at the way looked at myself from his point of view and realized how crazy I could have sound that I probably did sound to him uh and so I remember actually so that that was a conversation that we had or what I shared with him wasn't really much of a conversation and probably a few weeks later maybe a month or two later I also said to him hey because I was still on this this wrestling, this wrestling in my mind of I shouldn't be having sex right now. God hates me. And because in that relationship, I was having sex with him. We were in a sexual relationship uh, along with us just being in a relationship altogether. Right. Sex was a part of our relationship. And I always felt guilty afterwards. I always felt like I couldn't really enjoy it. And let's be let's be very honest. Like I said on this podcast before his sex wasn't really enjoyable can we just make it very clear his sex wasn't really enjoyable for me for me for me maybe just our body just didn't mesh but um and maybe the girl before me and maybe the girl now after i don't know who he's i don't know what's going on with him i don't know i don't know all, all i'm saying is it could just very well have been just our lack of alignment but the sex wasn't great the sex wasn't great either right so if you add the sex just already not being great and then me having these these uh these just limited it just limited ideas around sex and this fear-mongering ass ideas about sex that creates a very unpleasurable sexual experience very unpleasurable so I remember I came up to him one time and I was like, hey, you know, how do you feel about us waiting until marriage? Like, you know, like not having sex anymore, stopping it. And 
waiting until marriage. Child, okay, so how did he respond? So he, and he's, ugh, I think about that moment and how he's a fucking manipulative. But anyway, let's get into how he responded. He responded in a way, so he said, what he said? He, so he said, so, you know, I'm open to it, contrary to what you may think. And I, you know, I'm open to it. I, I don't see it has a big deal. I don't see it as a problem, basically. So basically coming to the point of, okay, he's open to it. He's not shutting it down. And he sat up. I remember us, we, we have a conversation in his bedroom. It wasn't after we had sex or anything. It was just like, we just happened to be in his bedroom. And I was sitting on his bed. He was laying down. And he he kind of he he motion or he gestures his body in a way to show this like contemplative state. Like he has a way of showing that he's thinking about something super hard to like demonstrate this like oh I'm so smart type of facial reaction. Just so fucking annoying. I think about it now. I'm just like Ugh. I'm thinking about it just right now in this moment. Not like I think about it still. No, but. Uh, I remember he he sat up and said that, and I was taken aback, like, oh, wow, he's receptive, or seeming, seemingly so, receptive to this, this, new, this new thing that I presented to him with. So I'm like, okay, this is going to be great. God's going to be pleased, right? This is going to be great. Yay, God-centered. And, you know, so I'm also trying to explain to him, that this is what I think God will, or what I believe that God will be pleased with because the Bible says and sexual sin and, you know, waiting until marriage. And again, when you are ignorant to all of this, when you are not raised in the church or when you don't have a relationship with God or when you don't have these just conditioning, conditioned thinking around this idea you are completely ignorant to it. Like, there's no, there's little room to understand it, to be honest with you. Like, I, it wasn't, yeah, it's like, ugh. it's hard to have this conversation with someone who hasn't been brought up in the way that I've been brought up. So to explain it to someone, it sounds like I'm speaking a whole different language. You know, is this Mandarin or what? So, okay, he seems receptive, right? I'm like, okay, you know, God will be happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was also explaining to him, like I said, how, you know, biblically sound, this this will be pleasing to God. Y'all, the next day, the next motherfucking day, what happened the next day? He was at my house, my parents' home, and this is all in Boston, you know, this is before I moved to Houston. And uh, what happened? So... <laughs> We're chilling in the living room, just me and him. I think my parents were upstairs, and he comes out the gate and just he just asked me, so like we can't do anything, like we can't like do anything, like nothing. Obviously, alluding to the fact of any type of sexual pleasure, like we can't do anything, anything. You know, you can't suck my dick a little. He didn't say that. He's not crass like that, but. He was basically asking these questions. He was asking that question, meaning, you know, what I just said. Like, we can't do anything, anything. And there was just immediate dread, I felt. Like, okay. So, basically, his response the day before was full of shit. And him, him like, gesturing on the bed when I talked to him about that topic, 
and showing this contemplative state, all of that was for a what? Was for a manipulation tactic. It was just to present like you're so strong that you could do anything and then and then now when it comes down to actually applying what you say you're interested in doing or what you're open to doing, you're now suddenly asking me these juvenile questions so we can't do anything. Like just kind of just childish as shit. And he was older than me. He's older than me. And uh, not that much older. But when he asked that question, I, I just knew that this wasn't going to work. Like, this whole idea of us waiting and not having sex anymore wasn't going to work. And then I think about, like, you know, did I put him in a corner? Did did I put something unrealistic on the, on the damn plate expecting for him to eat? You know, is that wrong for someone to now change how the relationship was right like we were having sex and now I don't want to anymore (laughs) but it wasn't like I don't want to have sex at all it was I don't want to anymore until we get married and that was also at a time in my life because this was me coming off of the purity mindset but still in that purity mindset feel in that purity mindset vibe and I was still trying to understand, you know, what my sexual exploration is, what is it about, and I didn't know that you could date to just date, right? I I didn't know that you could just have just guys in your life and figure out, oh, I kind of like this guy, I kind of like that guy, let's go out on a date and figure it out. I just, oh, I was just in the mindset of, You date to marry. You don't date to just date. You don't date to just fuck. You just date to marry. And that's where my mind was when I was in this relationship with Leprechaun Bay. I was just dating him because I wanted to get married. Married was, you know, marriage was the prize. It was the, it was a tail end. And that was a pursuit. I had him meet my parents probably week two of us getting together, probably week three of us getting together like I it was moving along so fast because that was my goal to get married and to to have this prize that I've been conditioned to believe as a prize of marriage so it all happened very very quickly but in my mind it made sense to not to it made sense to okay hey let's just not have sex for maybe six months and in these six months we are preparing for marriage right you you propose to me we prepare for our wedding and then we're married yeah we're married that was my mindset i'm so glad i am so when i i sit back and i say that out loud i'm like I am so happy we did not get married. I'm so happy we did not get past a year or two. I'm so happy things fell the fuck apart, okay? Because, child, I would have been upset if I would have had him as my husband. Whether it was husband number one or husband currently, I don't care. I would not have been happy with this being my husband at all for a plethora of reasons. But anyway, I say all this to say... When you are presenting this celibate lifestyle or this celibate pursuit, it's either the person has to already be on that same page or be 
interested in you enough to want to explore that because I don't think sex is everything per se but I think sex is everything does that make sense I think sex because I think oftentimes when people say sex isn't everything the sex isn't everything in their life which means to me the sex isn't great or the sex doesn't enhance and I think what sex does, it it enhances. It enhances the connection, the relationship, the vibe, the feelings. All it it makes it even greater. In my perspective, it makes it even greater. Now, to completely not have it until whatever point in your life, whether it is for marriage or another form of commitment that is real between both partners, I think ultimately when sex is not a factor, uh, let me think about that. <laughs> no, I mean, I don't think, here's the thing, I don't think, okay, so wait, okay, I'm gonna insert another clip. And in this clip, Chris explains more of why he decides to not have sex in this current moment, okay? And we'll talk about it. what he said now before he got into his explanation I was taken aback because first of all when were you going to tell me this because this whole throughout the whole season him and Amber were together like it was them they liked each other they were committed to that and they just was only had eyes on each other despite the fact that Amber kissed one other guy but that was that wasn't that wasn't anything don't count that but the point is they they really were feeling each other and they still feel each other right and I'm thinking huh you know why didn't he bring this up date two date one like Liz has brought up in date one, date two, shit. The, the first day of meeting this these niggas, like, hey, hey, I'm keeping my life closed until we really pursue, until we are married or until we are at least in a committed relationship or whatever that looks like. So I think the manipulation from what I was saying earlier comes into, I think sometimes with guys, there's this, there's this, um, Oh, I'm going to make you fall in love with me. I'm going to make you fall for me so deeply so that when I when I just drop this bomb on you, it's not going to be so easy for you to walk away. And though I appreciate his explanation, and I actually respect it, and I support it. I support his explanation as to why he is retaining, right, or keeping his semen retention from what he said. That's such a great way to say it. But I think the the manipulation of it all comes in the fact that why didn't you tell me this earlier where was this energy earlier on why and maybe he was trying to wait and see where things could go but i don't know it just it rubs me off the wrong way so it, that brings me back to the story that i was just sharing with you guys about leprechaun bay like okay he kind of made it seem like he was on board or on track 
with my uh proposal of not having sex with him anymore until we got married and then until the next day he was like well can we not do anything no like it just felt like okay what is the real who is the real slim shady who's the real slim shady so when i look at chris in this example Chris, you know, he explains how he is retaining his uh, semen control. And look, I'm not a man. I don't know what that looks like. Uh, you know, if you are abstaining from sex for, let's say, six months, do you have a huge buildup of semen? Like, is that what that means? Like, all my niggas who listen, leave a comment down below. <laughs> no, reach out to me. Let me know. But um, respectfully, though, I don't want you to suddenly, don't show me a dick pig. That's weird. But... I do, I'm interested in knowing about that because he he later on explains that he he has this build-up like oof, because we, we got you could you gotta get pregnant with, with quadruplets. And I'm like, uh whoa, <laughs> back it up. But I think ultimately I respect his decision in his space in his life. I think that is, from what he explains and his reasoning behind it, it demonstrates a clear mind. It demonstrates this, this just this clarity that I appreciate in men. And you don't see that often because sometimes, you know, you see more of the man being very sexually promiscuous and fucking whomever, whatever big ass that comes in front of their face, they're fucking, right? So it's awesome to see a man as strong and built and well put together as Chris is to be restrained or no disciplined from this this you know savage like activity of sex and that shows a lot to his character so I think you know what I was definitely talking shit about him when I saw the preview to this clip <laughs> but I like it and I I'm rooting for him and Amber I really do appreciate that I think it says a lot about him and it shows his self-control and she should admire that because if they do pursue a committed relationship he may not be someone she needs to worry about as far as stepping out of their relationship because he demonstrates such self-discipline and she could not have to worry about him stepping out you know that's what i but you know niggas could still nigga who never who knows but i think that's very admirable of him and i also appreciate what he said towards the end how sexual energy is very very important when you are exchanging such energy with someone on a sexual level that is a power unlike any other and I, for one, you know, I've shared a lot with y'all. Probably too much. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't regret anything that I share on this podcast. So I thank you guys for being very just respectful and sharing your experiences that may be related to mine or just your take. I love that I resonate with so many of you guys. So that's amazing. But yeah, I shared a lot with you guys on this platform throughout the years, and I've. There was a period in my life, right? It feels like a lifetime ago, but you could go back down previous episodes of me sharing just my sexual experiences with niggas who I never met before. Basically, niggas who was just a, a one-time time, okay? A one-and-done situation. And this was an experience that I've had for several 
for a long for a little while not a long time but for a little while and I came on this damn I not damn but I came on this platform sharing it very very honestly very open and realized every time I would give my energy sexually intimately with a man with whomever but with a man I left that situation feeling depleted every time every time and I remember feeling like okay you know maybe this one is gonna make me feel is gonna fill up this void that I was realizing I was trying to fill up and maybe this one's gonna make make me feel better maybe the other one's gonna make me feel better oh no he he bought me dinner he's gonna make me feel better and so I would have these sexual experiences with these men and I would never feel good about it I would never feel complete or full from it instead I felt depleted every time every time every time so i had to sit with myself and i had to realize okay what the fuck is going on i'm not happy with this i'm not happy with these these uh this trend in my behavior i'm not happy with the feeling that i get from it and yet i'm still doing what am i i'm still doing it what am i looking for what am i trying to get from it and i had to realize that i need to sit with myself and figure out things that I need to work through. So I decided at that point, I'm not gonna have sex anymore. I'm not gonna have sex until the next time I have sex, right? But like, I was actively, with intention, not going to have frivolous sexual experiences anymore. And that's what I did, and I felt very, very restored from that experience, from that break, and it took a long time until Freckles Bay being the last person I've had sex with. And I realized even prior to Freckles Bay, the last time I had sex before him was, uh, shit, I don't know, sometime in 2020, like early 2020. So the point is, there is truth to sexual energy and the, the power and the depletion or the fulfillment in that moment when you're sharing it with someone on an intimate level. And if that person is not for you, more times than not, you are going to feel depleted after your sexual encounter with that person. You're gonna feel like they drained you. You're gonna feel like they took something away from you that you wish you could have back. And I felt that way every time with previous partners, every time every time and so i think about that and i love that he said that you know i think it's a great example for men in case there are some men who may want to take a break sexually i think that's a great example to see on tv like wow there is not just a one-sided thing because oftentimes i feel like women are more so the ones who are taking breaks sexually who's who's going on a path of celibacy i'm gonna i'm not gonna have sex for a year i'm not gonna kiss anyone for a year i'm gonna really work on myself and that's admirable but it's so much for the women than it is for the men and it seems like that's a targeted experience that only women have rather than men and i think that's unfair you know men should be able to say to themselves like hey you know what i'm not gonna stick my dick into any old pussy anymore i'm gonna take my time i'm gonna wait to see if this woman who i am pursuing if this goes further if this is the wife for me 
and then I'll have sex again. If that takes me a year, six months, two years, however long, that's okay. That doesn't take away from my manhood. So that's very admirable of Chris. I appreciate him saying that. And I also feel like because of the fact, when we think about sex between a man and a woman, let's be very hetero with it, between a man and a woman, there is power that the man has than the woman. Because why? Why do I say that? Because the man is inserting something in you as the woman, right? The man is inserting something in you and you have to take it, essentially. You have to take it. You have to just shut up and take it. Not shut up and take it, but you know what I mean. Like, you have to take it. And the power that you may have as a woman is now under the control and hand of the man here. So whatever energy he's bringing in, right, whether he has some shit that he has to work through, some trauma that he has to work through, some, what is it, some burdens and baggage that he is still carrying, he could deliver that spiritually, energetically through you in this course of intercourse, in this time when he is inserting his dick inside of you, you now are taking on his spirit, his energy, his all of that. And I know it's very woo woo woo, but if we really just sit back and realize sex is not this frivolous act. Yes, it's frivolous, but it's always at the end of the day, it's always a spiritual act. It is always a spiritual act. And when you are engaging in sexual intercourse with someone who you're not supposed to be engaging with because he's not the right you guys are just not in alignment whatever that looks like in your life and he's just not you know he's he, he has a lot of negative energy for example and he's trying to come into your light and now he darkens your light you're you're now damp you know you don't have this light that you're shining through anymore because of this energy this negative ball of energy that this nigga is inserting in you through your pussy like that's the end of the day so all i'm saying here is be mindful of who you sleep with be mindful of who you sleep with and you know, <laughs> just don't, don't fuck any old body. And I also feel like with this whole, oh, because I remember being this super, you know, I was super sexually liberated. That's what I would call it back then. But I was that way because one, I was rebelling. I was rebelling from this purity culture. I was rebelling from this idea of marriage being the prize and not being deserving of it because it hasn't happened. And I was rebelling from that. So I was also just acting from a state of rebellion. And I also was just trying to, I was trying to kind of pick up from where I missed, you know, I was trying to have these experiences that many of my peers had that I didn't have. So I was trying to play catch up. So all of these things were, you know, was the motivating factor as to why I was so sexually liberated. That's how I called it. So I was doing all these things and at the end of the day, it's not to sound religious or anything. It's just like there, you can't really, you can't lay up with anybody. You really can't. You can't just lay up with anybody. You don't know what shit they're bringing into your life. And you don't know how it may manifest into your daily life, into your mindset, into your consumption, into your thought patterns. It is very, everything should be done with intention. Everything should be done with intentions. And sex being the very most important thing that should be done with intention. So, you know, I'm so grateful that I'm in a space right now where I am having sex with somebody 
who I am only having sex with. That's one. But it's, I don't ever feel depleted with him from after, you know, after leaving uh, our sexual escapade or whatever it is, but I don't ever feel depleted. You know, when he steps out for a second, I don't feel like, oh, he just took something from me. I don't feel, I don't feel remorseful. I don't feel these feelings. Instead, I feel actually enhanced. I feel more of the goodness that I've already feel with him. So I think, you know, when we look at, sex and what it what it is the society that we live in tend to tend to cheapen it it tends to make it seem like it's just an act and you know just have sex just have some fun and you're thinking too much just don't you want to get your rocks off you know all these things and it's like it's it's the workings of the enemy. And I, look, I'm, I'm going to go there. I'm going to go there. But it really is the workings of the enemy because I think the enemy knows that sex is such a powerful way to get inside somebody, right? Sex is such a powerful way to get inside somebody that I'm going to make you believe that it's not a big deal, that it's not, you know, this um, important sacred ritual that you are having with someone. Instead, I'm going to make you think that it's just this frivolous, savage-like act when instead is the complete opposite. So I want you all to be mindful of who you lay with because it really does play a hole in your mood, in your feelings, in your imagery, when it comes to yourself. It all freaking matters. So again, I'm not saying to suddenly be this religious person. I'm not at all. But I also just want you to sit with how do you feel? How do you feel when you have sex with this person? Like really sit, because sometimes some of us are not in, in tune with our feelings, with our body, with how our body reacts. So first get in tune with that and then you'll be able to answer the next question honestly. So assuming that you are in tune with your body, assuming that you are in tune with yourself and you are um, accepting of who you are and you are self-actualized and all these amazing things, Okay, now let's assume all that is true. Okay, so now the person who you are having sex with, the persons, whomever, who you are having sex with, how are you feeling after? How do you feel? How does your body react? Do you feel good about it? And really sit with yourself. Journal if you need to, but take some time to really talk to yourself and realize, huh, I don't feel good. Or I do feel good, right? But let's just focus on... The times when you may not feel good after engaging in sexual intercourse with somebody. Do you feel good about it? Do you feel okay? Because all, all, I can't, I really can't tell you any time prior to Freckles Bay have I felt good. Not just on some physical, like, okay, sure, I had some great physical moments with some of my previous partners. But I haven't felt good not just on a physical note with previous partners, but I haven't felt good spiritually and emotionally with previous partners at all, at all. Freckles Bay being the first one, is that, is that crazy? And yet I was out here on some sexual liberation shit and feminist movement and woo, 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 because of what is painted in the media, because of what society is portraying that sexual intercourse is not a big deal and just go ahead and have fun and you know the things that we watch on tv also these this all impacts our consumption and how we 
um, just how we perceive things. So this impacts your own personal behavior. So all these times I felt like this was okay behavior. This was acceptable. This is just what you do when you're a single woman in a big city, you know, the, the, the lights are out. Yay. Fuck everybody. When really you shouldn't be. This is me. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm here to, I'm here to report the party. You shouldn't be fucking everybody. You shouldn't. You shouldn't. You really shouldn't. And the consequence with that, because I had to go through it to show y'all. So please take this with with a consideration. But you can't be fucking everybody because it really takes a it takes a toll on your soul. It takes a toll on your soul. And I think that's really what the Bible, not to, I'm not going to, you know, misquote it or anything, but I think that's really the intention behind what the Bible says when it comes to sex and it being a sin against your own body when you're just giving your body to any old Bobby, Bobby Smith, you know, John and Lucas, like when you're giving your body out to whomever very frivolously, it takes a toll spiritually on you. And like I say all the time, we are spiritual beings in a physical body. We are spiritual beings in this flesh. And when we are not feeding our spirit correctly, it takes a toll and it eats up on us. We are not going we're not going to be able to be our full selves in any capacity, whether that's in relationships, in the workplace, in our careers, in just who we are and in our identity, in our hobbies, in our pursuits. We can't really be who God has called us to be in our fullness because we are depleting our energy and it's done in a way of, you know, by being sexually promiscuous. So sorry. <laughs> I'm, sorry. I'm here to I'm here to put a stop to the party, but this is really for your benefit. It's really for your benefit. Put a stop to the party. I'm not saying you gotta only have sex with you know one person. Um, I mean, you should have sex with one person, whatever. But like, what I'm saying is, I'm not saying you have to wait until marriage per se. I'm not saying that you should only have had one partner in your life. Look, obviously, I haven't. But I also am saying at the very end of the day, the beginning, the during, all of that, you should be mindful of who you sleep with and you should be mindful of who you sleep with. That's really it. That's all I'm saying. Be mindful of who you sleep with and recognize how your body feels. Our body tells us what it is before we even realize what it is. Before someone tells us, oh, this, this is how we are. Oh my gosh. That, that really brings me to another point. Okay. Oftentimes, we, you know, when you're in a relationship with somebody or you're talking to somebody, you know, the talking stage, that bullshit ass stage that you find yourself in with a, with a fuckboy, oh, we're talking, you're nothing, nothing is happening. Oftentimes, when you're in a talking stage with someone and you've already reached that point of we're having sex, you know, we're engaging in sexual intercourse, there is still this um, uneasiness because you want to know where things are or where things are going. You know, are we going to be in a relationship? Are you my man? Am I your woman? Is this exclusive? Are we in a committed relationship? What's going on? Oftentimes your body tells you, excuse me, oftentimes your body tells you before your partner tells you. <laughs> and I say this because when I was in my situation with Boston Bay, 
Every time we will have sex, I, of course, if, let's bring science into it because when sex happens, oxytocin takes place and there is now a, a stronger connection, a stronger need or desire or attachment to that person because of oxytocin. Oxytocin is had in several different ways, but sex being one of them, um, giving birth is being another one of how oxytocin is, is, is formed. Even looking into a dog's eyes, I've actually just learned that is a form of, that's a way where oxytocin can be produced. But the very intimate moments, oxytocin is produced and is particularly had within women, um, not so much more in men. Maybe it is in men, but it's definitely in women, okay? And every time me and Boston Bay would have sex, I always felt closer or wanted to feel a bit closer to him because of the sexual experience we've had. And I felt like, I felt this attachment to him. I felt like it was very difficult to, to just walk away from him. All the times I wanted to, I, it was so hard to do so because of this now attached, I felt glued into him. There was this, it's like this gum that was now tied between us and I can't get it out of my shoe. You know, I felt very tied into him because of this sex, because of this sex. So I remember, um, <laughs> I remember we was having sex one time in his basement. It was in his basement. Okay, let me give you the backstory on that because <laughs> his basement, his basement, Maxine. Yes, his basement. He owned the house. He just was living downstairs. <laughs> he owned the house. But he was just living in the, the the lowest quarter of the house, okay? Hello? Is this thing on? <laughs> so I'm like, okay. So, uh, and he had tenants upstairs that he was renting out to. So anyway, we're in the basement. <laughs> in his apartment, in his house, right? Uh, and we're done having sex. You know, boom, boom, bam, bam, right? That's what happened. Just like that. <laughs> and uh, I remember laying there with him, and then I just conjured up the, the courage to ask him, hey, you know, so what are we? <laughs> Child, I hate that. I If I could just tell you guys any anything to get from anything that I've ever said, anything that I've ever said, Please don't ever ask that question. I just, I, I feel like if you have to ask that question, you're nothing. You're nothing. You're nothing. If I have to ask you what Ari, you know, hey, how do you feel about me? If I, if I have to ask those questions, then you, then clearly I have felt no evidence in our relationship that I mean anything to you. Clearly that I have felt no evidence in our relationship that we are anything, that there is no substance to us, and I want you to lie to me or to prove me wrong by telling me different. That's really what it is, But because ultimately, if you're asking that question, we're nothing. We're nothing. You don't feel anything for me. We're nothing, okay? So I asked him that question. I was like, you know, what are we? <laughs> <laughs> what? What the fuck are we? Uh, what are we? 
Which <laughs> out let me think back to what he said. He responded, mind you, this remember Boston Bay is, is a damn pothead, so he was already high at that point. Um, I don't know if he even heard me correctly, but he, I'm sure he did. I'm sure he did. But uh, he was like, well, what you mean? We're, I think he said we're here or he just he didn't answer the question. He just said we're here. We're, we're good. We're chilling. Very. That's not the answer I want to hear. Right. Or, you know, instead, of course, I wanted to hear something like, oh, we're in a relationship or I like you and I want to pursue I'm only interested in you I'm only pursuing you he didn't give me any of that instead he just said we're here or we're chilling or what you mean you know so that was literally what he what he said in response and I'm laying there already attached to this nigga because of damn oxytocin right but feeling stupid feeling so damn foolish for thinking that this was anything more than what it was. I was sitting there or laying there actually feeling very, just foolish to say the least. And I bring this up because oxytocin and the attachment that you feel when you're with a partner after having sex, literally right after having sex, it makes you feel like you're powerless. It makes you feel like even though this person has shown you no evidence of actually caring for you, of actually uh, putting you on a pedestal, yet you're still in this la-la land of hoping and believing that he'll tell you different. And ultimately why I share this story is because my body knew that. My body knew that. I didn't need to ask him what we what we were because I already knew from the lack of evidence presented in our relationship or situationship that we are nothing. You know, my body, I didn't feel sexually pleased after all the times we've had sex. Not to say his sex game was whack necessarily. I mean, it wasn't. Look, it was better than Leprechaun Bay. Let's be very clear. It was it was better than Leprechaun Bay, but it still wasn't great. And the reason why it wasn't great is it lacked intimacy. There was intimacy missing. If intimacy was around the corner, we, we went to the left side of the road, right? If intimacy was down the street, we took the highway. Intimacy was nowhere in our relationship. It was none, you know, it was gone. It was null and void. There was no intimacy at all. And every time we had sex, I was hoping, okay, this time, this time, this time, this time, it'll be more intimate or intimacy will grow between us. And this time, this time, this time. And every time, y'all, nothing. There was no intimacy. There was no intimacy at all. There was no evidence. There was no hope for intimacy. There was, oh, is that intimacy? Nope. Is that? Nope. Like, you know how you almost got it. You almost got it. Nope. It just snatches right in before you. There was no intimacy. And my body knew that. My body told me this every time. Every time. Your body will never fail you. Your body will never fail you. So ultimately, we know the answer to these questions, right? We know the answer to what what are we? How do you feel about me? We know these answers already. We already know these answers. It's either you're asking these questions because you want to prove yourself wrong, right? Your body is telling you he doesn't really care for you and you want 
to hopefully be proven wrong or to be lied to enough so much so that you are believing it, right? Or you want to to just be lied. Yeah, that's really it. That's really that's it. That's the only reason why. I think ultimately your body tells tells you what it is. Your body tells you what it is before the your partner tells you. You are already given just the clarity of what things are and we just have to seek from within. We really do. It's, it really starts with us. Seek from within. How does your body feel when you're with this person? How does your body feel when this person is in your presence? Do you feel tense? Are you are you tightening up? And it's not even on some sexual shit. This could be with friends. Child, I have a story for you. But you'll catch the story on the Patreon episode, okay? Which comes out every Friday. If you haven't been become a patron yet, check out our Patreon page at God Built This. No, at patreon.com slash God Built This, where you'll have access to exclusive content given in three different tiers. Pick whichever tier works best for you. And you have access to exclusive content. Every Friday, I release exclusive content exclusive content so check that out if you are interested but yeah i will talk more about what that looks like as far as your body speaking to you before you even ask someone what it is and i have a whole story i'm gonna share child of something i went through not too long ago a few days ago actually um that i'm gonna share about how how does your body feel when you're amongst certain people all right, and this, you know, like I said earlier, it's not about just on some sexual romantic tip. It's about also in your friend group, you know, do you feel like you're amongst people who actually are accepting of you, who are actually interested in you, who are genuine towards you, or do you feel like it is the complete opposite? Sometimes we find ourselves in different social environments and we're not our full selves. We can't fully operate in our full identity because there's this energy in the room that is restricting you from doing so. You feel suffocated. So, oh, anyway, when I was laying out with Boston Bay in his basement and I asked him that question, what are we? And he responded with, uh, we're good, we're chilling, we're here, <laughs> child. And that's not enough. But, you know, with oxytocin, you are now put in a space where it's not as easy to walk away. You know, sex really has a way of pulling you closer to someone, whether you want to be close with them or not. So, again, please be mindful of who you have sex with. Please be mindful of who you engage in any intimate relations with because it is very, very important. It's very important. And I'm so grateful now that I am in a space where intimacy is had on so many levels and the sex feels great. You know, the sex only enhances things. Enhances things. So I think about, like my previous sexual experiences and how they weren't pleasurable because one, they weren't for me, right? All those situations, it just, something was wrong, yet I was trying to make it right for me, right? I was trying to gain this this fulfillment from this person, but I was instead trying to fill a void. So that was that's on me, right? But they were also not great 
you know, great fruits, great, great apples, great fish from the sea. There were not great pickings. But I think ultimately when there is intimacy missing, no matter how big the dick is, sis, <laughs> it doesn't matter. If the intimacy is gone, if your partner doesn't make you feel seen, and I preach this all the time, but if you, it's really, an, oh my God, it's such an amazing feeling to be seen, to be heard, to be listened to, to be valued on so many levels, on every level. And that is what I'm experiencing now. But when I was in previous relationships, I never felt that way. I felt like I had to put on a facade. I felt like I had to hide this part of my personality or he won't get this humor or, you know, this is too much. I'm, t- I'm being too much. I'm being crazy, right? And when you're finally in a situation where, oh, no, 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 you could be your whole self. Like your whole, your whole self is good. Is, is good enough. Like, you don't even have to question it. That is when the sex and the intimacy is tenfold. So I encourage you all to sit with yourself, sit with your body, recognize how do you feel? How do you feel when you're with this person? Whether it's on a romantic situation or whether it's with a group of friends, shit, even at the workplace, how do you feel there? Do you feel like you're you're seen, you're heard, you're valued? How does your body react to it when you come into this space, in this into this physical environment, into this workplace, into the party, into the house, into the bed? Do you feel comfortable or are you tense? You know, are, are, is your body tensing up? Are your muscles suddenly suddenly tight? Do you feel this soreness coming up? Do you feel like a headache? Not even like a headache will come up. Do you feel a headache when you're with somebody? Oh my gosh. Again, we tell ourselves what it is before what it is reveals itself to us. We tell ourselves already. We already have the answers. We already have the answers to our questions. We already know what it is before we ask it out loud. We already know. So it's either you're asking these questions for affirmation or you're asking these questions to be lied to because you don't want to appreciate the truth. I did not mean to talk about this the whole episode. <laughs> I don't, but I think this, this was a really great episode because I really want us to really sit with this and talk about how our body is our truth. It's our truth teller. Our body tells us what it is, and we already know the answer. We already know the answer. Anyway, I'm going to end it here. Goodbye. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of God Built This Podcast with your host, Maxine. Be sure to leave a review, give me five stars, and of course, subscribe. Also, follow God Built This Podcast on Instagram at God Built This Pod. God bless.